Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John? You look sleepy, man. Yeah, I'm What's sleepy, up? tired, cold, wet, <laughs> rainy. Well, you got the also. hat turned around backwards like Stallone and, uh, and over the top. I figured you'd yeah. be all pumped up when you're in here. <laughs> I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, so I'm sure there's oh, a lot of yelling involved. Dude, you need yeah. to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> my children ask to watch it all the time. It's actually a good movie about a father and a son. It's a, it's a cult classic, if you will. It's not your your Rocky or your Rambo movies that he's so right. known for, but... Over the top's a classic, man. <laughs> you should go back and watch that. I'll go for it's it. for free on Amazon Prime right now. Well, there you go. So you can go watch it. Plug but, it away. Uh, it's good to see you, man. Here we are a couple weeks after Easter, uh, you know, still in the octave of Easter, or yeah. not the octave of Easter, but in the Easter season, right, as as we move towards uh, Pentecost and, and, and the other great things we have coming in the church. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it's just a time to to kind of look at where we are and to continue to grow. Uh, we've talked about that I hear a lot lately in the podcast and and just through the Lenten season and what it means and what now after Easter and all of those things. And so I want to get into a different subject today, and it has to do with whose will we are following. And I want to jump into that here in a second. First, I want to tell everybody thank you uh, for those of you that have been supporting the show. Uh, I had some donations come in yesterday and over the weekend that are just random first-time donors. Um Thank you so much for that, folks. You know, we've been kind of calling for that here every week on the show as we continue to try to uh, offset the cost of the studio and to grow into the place that God wants us to. You know, I'm, I haven't said anything about this really publicly, but I'm hiring a young lady here in July uh, full time to come on, excuse me, in June to come on full time and, and really take over a lot of the day-to-day marketing and administrative things and mm. really help us get out there more. She's going to take over and run our new YouTube channel, which by the way, folks, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so because we're about to launch this new studio and that's where we're going to have a lot of our stuff. So if you're going to, going to want to see these episodes, you want to watch them and not just listen to them. If you want to uh, see the interviews, there's going to be a lot of Q&A things I'm going to do on there that are going to be live. So you want to go ahead and go to our YouTube channel and click subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we go live or or any new videos come out because we're really going to start focusing a lot of content there. It's going to allow us to take some of the interviews and chop them up into small pieces and let people kind of get a a taste for the episode and maybe go back and listen to the whole thing. So we're going to have a lot of different things there. But if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, go and do that. Just Google just a guy in the pew. You'll see our channel and 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 as they say, smash that subscribe button or whatever. I hear YouTubers yeah. say that all the time, so figured I'd throw that out there. But um, seriously, go and subscribe to that. But your your donations and your support allow us to continue to to grow this ministry, to hire people, to to have that that security that we need to be able to make decisions about things that cost money, you know, and and. Right now, the things that bring in revenue to the to the uh, to the ministry are obviously the donations. They're the Nail Road community, the people that have signed up for that. You can go and do that at the Just a Guy in the Pew website if you haven't done that yet. That's a way to support. And then also our missions. Right when we go on mission, there's a cost to that, and that cost helps cover the fees of of the materials and the time that we spend away from our, my family. But 
that money all goes back in so that we can continue to keep all of this going and to grow. That's the point. It's not to stay where we are, but to continue to reach more and more people. So if you've supported us, thank you. Uh, if you have not, you can support us at uh, donorbox.org slash pew. That's through DonorBox. It's a monthly, it's a, actually a place where you can donate on different levels, a one-time annual fee, a monthly fee. Um, you know, you can choose whatever you want to do, however you want to give that money. But whatever works with your with your finances, if, if you're really, I just say if you've been touched by the show at all, right? If you felt any sort of of help from it or just enjoy it and, and want us to continue to, to grow and build bigger and better content, then consider going to donorbox.org slash pew and give whatever you can, whether it's $5 one time, $5 a month, or $500 one time, whatever it is. But it all helps. It all goes back into growing this ministry. So I talked about the studio there. Um, update on it. They were putting the insulation in today. Drywall people will be here in a day or two. That'll be drywalled. Carpet and tile will come up in the bathroom and the guest room. The studio will be ready before that because it's just laying carpet at that point and putting up the the paint and the decorations that we've had. And he um, he's going to pick purple, right? Oh yeah, yeah, purple. That's yeah. right. It's that's me all day long. It's purple. Well, no, blue and orange <laughs> for the Broncos. No, it's right. actually going to be some actually a little bit of uh, wood wood colored stuff like that. Uh, I forget what they call it now. Shiplap kind of stuff oh, okay. on one of the walls, and we've got a nice big industrial table. Going to have some comfortable chairs, a couple of nice mics. And, uh, I mean, it's just going to be awesome. We have multiple camera angles, all this stuff. I'm so excited about it. Uh, Matt Frad's got Neil's coming in to help us set that up on in, in the second or third week of May. So look towards the end of May for our YouTube channel to start really launching this new content. Um, the, the look and feel of it all will change when Lucy comes on board in June. So just keep all that in your prayers. Thank you again for your support. Again, you can go to donorbox.org slash pew and become a monthly supporter. It will really help us continue to grow. And I humbly say thank you to those who have given and those that will consider giving. So Victor, uh, I mentioned that in today's show, we're going to talk about wills and, you know, I, I went down to my dad's farm this weekend to fish and, you know, my dad's been in the hospital. He's been sick. Um, thank God he got through all of that. You know, he was septic and, and had some urinary tract infections and some other mm-hmm. things that he just, they weren't giving him the right antibiotics for. He wound up having to go to the ER. Um, really was nervous there. I was on the road in Nashville and thank goodness for my sisters and uh, my dad's girlfriend that's uh, stayed with him and, and helped take care of him. But he had a pick put in and went home and had the right antibiotics and got over all of the E. coli and all this stuff. So he's still getting back on his feet and he's there's you know he's got a farm couldn't do a lot of stuff so i went down there and you know fertilized the pecan trees we needed the garden there was Wait, a tree that was do yeah, that, but i didn't either awesome, until he man. told me to do it and how to do it yeah. <laughs> but uh then uh, the other house where he grew up uh, a lightning hit when that tornado came through and, and busted this huge oak tree and so the yard was about knee high and and because the tree and all these pl- things were everywhere and he couldn't really get out there to get it himself so i spent all day saturday doing that so I tell you all that because I've been doing Bible in a year and through all that, I got busy and was exhausted and forgot to do Bible in a year for like three or four days. So when I came back to it this morning, I took the kids to school and I was like, man, I got five days of, <laughs> of Bible in a year to catch up on, you know, and those things are 20 to 30 minutes a piece. So I, I dropped the kids off. I couldn't go to mass today because I had people in the house all day that had to be there. So I went home and I thought, well, if I can't go to mass, then I'll, I'll get in the word. Uh, before I prepare for the podcast. And so I listen to these five days of Bible in a year, and they're going through the first Samuel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and Victor, we've talked about a lot of things in there. David and Goliath, we've talked about Saul and his arrow, his, his uh, uh, lance that he throws at, at David a couple of times. We've talked about his insecurities. We've, we've used some of those 
passages in 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 First uh, Samuel a bunch of times in different ways. But as I as I sort of went from podcast to podcast to podcast to podcast, the the kind of big picture unfolded here, and I started to notice that really First Samuel is 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 a battle of 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 wills, right? Of 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 one man that listens to his own will and falls to vainglory, and one that listens to the will of God, at least in the book of Samuel. Now, we know David right. makes some, some bad right. choices later on, right. but even after those choices, he comes to re- and asks for redemption. You know, he asks for forgiveness, and you know, Nathan helps him realize what kind of man he's become, mm-hmm. and he turns back to the Lord. But, you know, reading through this, it just made me realize that there's a lot in common with these two, but there's really one main difference. And you know, both would be kings. Both were anointed by God to do something special for him. Uh, the big difference is that one chose to follow his own will and the other didn't. And so I want to get into that today. I want to talk, this show is going to be a little bit different. I want to talk for a minute about Saul and kind of walk through his progression through Samuel. And then I want to walk through David's and then talk with you about both mm-hmm. of uh, of what we can discern from that and what what it really has to do with us. Right. Well, the neat thing, too, about adding to what you're talking about is that Saul was really selected by the people. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted a king. Give us a king, sure. give us a king. And so through the process of elimination, through the, the, the ge- I guess, the genealogy of, of the family to family to family to family, it was rest on Saul because what he looked Regal. He looked the part, yeah. He looked the part, right? So he was handsome right. and virile or whatever, And yeah. then, as we know, David was the youngest of all of Jesse's clan, mm-hmm. which means that he had really no inheritance at all whatsoever. So he yeah. was like who God chose. Mm-hmm. And I think for all of us, we, we're, we're like, that's where the underdog, I think the rooting for the underdog is always kind of a part of who we are, mm-hmm. is because they have a desire to do the best they can. And those who are maybe very super talented and have given everything in in their way of, of life, sometimes we root against them, right? I mean, you know, it's one of those things where we don't know yeah, why we do that's that. Why people hate Tom Brady? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why Why do we do that? Because it's a sense of we all want to be that person, maybe. Who yeah. Knows, you know. Well, no, that that you know, I, I agree with you there, and I mean, it, I think the the thing was with 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 Saul. You know, he was actually out looking for donkeys, right? Like yeah. that's what he's doing. He's out looking for his family's donkeys. And Samuel comes to him, and the Lord says, "This is the man that that uh, I want you to to mm-hmm. uh, anoint as king." And you're right; the the people were afraid. They wanted someone to go and fight their battles for them, yeah. right? And we've talked about that a lot lately on the podcast. Is podcast with the Israelites is that a lot of times they didn't want to fight their own battles, and they backed away, and they were always. Like their children had to pay for it, which Saul was one of those children mm-hmm. that they say now we still want someone to go fight our battles. So the Lord says, all right, well, since they won't look at me as their king, right. then give them what they want. But I'm telling you, it's going to be trouble, right? And so that's where the story starts. As Saul goes out looking for those donkeys, he meets Samuel, he anoints him. And then right after that, Samuel's now an old man, right? We, we meet Samuel in the, in the temple of Eli, right? And then he grows and he's playing this role in, 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 in scripture right now. But he gives his farewell speech right after that. And, you know, he says, um, he, here's what he says when he's given his farewell speech. He says, see, here's the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and heed his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. 
So immediately he's saying, look, this is what you wanted. Mm-hmm. But if you don't still do what the Lord says and you start to follow this king, but if he's if he strays, then there's going to be hell to pay for both of you, right? I mean, that's basically what he's saying. He even goes on to say, uh, also, if you do so wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. So he here's his farewell speech, and he's introducing this king like, all right, y'all have it. Good luck, right. you know. He's still in the picture. But immediately after this farewell speech, Saul, there's a section in the Bible called Saul's unlawful sacrifice. So Saul starts to go out and wage wars. He's doing what the people wanted him to do. He's going to fight all these battles. He's chasing the Philistines around. Well, then all of a sudden they come to a point where the Philistines have basically called everybody. And they have thousands of chariots and horsemen. And, right. the, and as the Israelites do sometimes in the Old Testament, they become afraid. And they start to leave. It says they walk across the river into another country. And they start to leave Saul. Well, Samuel had said to Saul, wait seven days and wait for me to offer the burnt offering to the Lord and then do battle. Mm-hmm. Well, Saul's looking around. It's day seven and Samuel hadn't showed up and people are leaving. So what does he do? Because they were afraid and they were leaving him, he decides not to wait, which how often do we do that in our lives? God, I don't want to wait on you anymore. I'm going to, I'm jumping into action. I'm going to make this happen. And so Saul offers the burnt offering himself. Well, like seconds after he does it or while he's doing it, Samuel walks up and goes, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he says, well, you weren't here. And he starts to make excuses and people were leaving. And, and Samuel tells him in that thing that basically in that moment that you're in trouble, right? Like this is no longer something that, that, that this isn't something fi- to play with. I can't with. fix. I can't right? fix this. I can't fix yeah. this. Right. And so what he says in Samuel 13, uh, 13 through 15 is he says, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him to be prince over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. So right off the bat, Saul starts going, I got to do it my way, right? I'm going to follow my will. I need this to happen. I need these victories. People are leaving. I'm scared. They're scared. I'm offering the burnt sacrifice. He's basically using the Lord as a good luck charm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and ignore all the commandments and the rules just so I can have my way and my will to continue on to victory. So he does that. And then, like I said, Samuel is basically telling him, dude, you screwed up. Like I, you're, you're in trouble now. Well, then he goes on. And the next thing he does is he goes into this battle with the, um, I can't ever say this right. The Malachites. There you go. I think yeah, I got it right. Got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and in chapter 15, so this is two chapters later, right? Two short chapters later, he hasn't learned his lesson. Saul's told by Samuel to go and destroy Amalek. It says that God told him, look, he got in the way of the, the flight from the Egyptians, and I want him smited. Like it says, utterly destroy him and everything in his grasp, in his power. So he's saying, don't leave anything. Burn that to the ground. So Saul goes, and they win. And he takes the king, I think is Agag, if I'm saying that right, takes the king hostage, doesn't kill him, doesn't smite him, doesn't utterly destroy him. Then they they take all the fattened calves and lambs and all the spoils, the good things. It says all they destroyed was what was disposed and useless to them. So basically, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll destroy all the stuff that we can't use, that we don't want, mm-hmm. but we're going to leave this other stuff. We're going to take the good stuff with us. Well, that was completely a disobeyment to what God had asked of him. So, I mean, again, Samuel shows up and goes, what are you doing? He says, I have followed the Lord's commandment. I have utterly destroyed the uh, uh, Amalek and, and the rest of the people. And he goes, why do I hear all this bleeping and noises of sheep and cows and, and animals? And he said, oh, well, the people took all of that. 
So he shifts blame, of course. Mm -hmm. But what's happening here is Samuel comes right back and he says, he says, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Right? Again, very quickly from the get-go, Saul is 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 just giving in and, and to his own will and not following the Lord. So we move on a little bit. After this happens, Samuel's like, all right, the Lord's telling me to go anoint somebody else. I'm off. So to your point, he goes, he finds David. It's none of the other brothers. The least likely, he anoints him. And he shows up. And Saul immediately starts, you know, having trouble with, with his anointing of David. He starts to see the Lord's uh, anointing upon him and the Lord's with him because obviously he smites De- Goliath, right? He, he kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the liar for Saul, all these things. Like David is a good servant, but yet Saul sees the people love him. Uh, David has killed his tens of thousands and I've killed my thousands. So again, that anger, that envy, that jealousy, because Saul wants his power. He wants his way. He wants his kingdom instead of what the Lord wants. Instead of saying there's an anointed one and another one that's coming. I have my time. I need to prepare the way for him. No, I want to kill him. Right? He's a threat to me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like where any any type of business or anything where you're working against somebody or trying to be better than a person, they're your competitor. Yeah. And the same thing with, you know, when Jordan said he got better because he wanted to beat Magic Johnson. Yeah. So he finally beat, they got a title in the early 90s. And because he played against the best. So that's the thing is like, you know, you find your competitor and kind of what Saul has seen Davis, my competitor, and I must kill him. Sure. Because otherwise I won't be, you know, the best. Well, that's the thing. It says the Lord sent an evil spirit upon him, right? Because he was not doing his will. And so he he, he sent the spirit so he could move what his will really was, was, which was to give the throne to David Mm -hmm. and to start moving things along from Saul. Well, Saul starts like while David was playing the lair for him, which was supposed to help him combat the evil spirits, right? To calm the evil spirit. (laughs) And they said it was working. But then Zen music, I guess, spa music back then. Catholic Loki. Yeah. yeah. So they took, all of a sudden he takes a spear and he hurls it at David twice and tries to kill him. Right. And then he gives him his daughter and says, No, I want you to be my son in law. Yeah. And I want you to go out for a wedding gift and and get the foreskins of a hundred Philistines. And David comes back, overachiever, does the Lord's will, brings him 200, mm-hmm. which makes Saul even more mad. And he's sending him out there trying to kill him, but yet David continues to be successful. And it continues to drive Saul's anger at him. So what happens? He tries to kill him. Jonathan intercedes, all of those things. David runs. He winds up in Nob, and he's talking to uh, the priest there. And that's when he goes in and gets the, the bread of the presence and feeds himself and his men. He gets the sword of Goliath. Well, then Saul finds out about it. And what does he do? He goes and he sends um, he sends Doeg, I guess you, that's yeah. how you say that name, to kill all of the priests there. He kills 86 people for helping David. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when we start to seek our own will in our life and we forget to seek God's and we move away from that and we're only obsessed with what we need and we want. We start to work contrary to God. And so that's what we see with Saul. And, and look, we know the way it ends. Like The Lord's will prevails. David does what he's called to do. And he winds up becoming the eventual king, and Saul winds up falling on his sword in battle that he lost. Right. And so there's Saul's part. Let's talk quickly about David's. So David, we're more familiar with that probably. David, you know, is anointed by Solomon. Then David shows up and plays the liar. And like that's the thing here. Even though he knows I'm anointed, I'm gonna be the next king, you don't see that same jealousy and hatred and envy in David that you do in Saul. Because David's like, I'm going to do what the Lord wants. If i got to play the leader for this king, then I'm going to honor him until it's my day, until it's my time. So no malice, no malintent, only serving the Lord. Then we know what comes next. 
David shows up at the battle with the Philistines, Goliath mocking everybody. David's going, why are we standing around letting this guy do this? He's mocking our Lord. So as it says, David says, I come in the name of the Lord. And he goes out there and he does what no other man is willing to do Mm -hmm. because they're afraid. But David understands this is the Lord's will and I got to go live this out. He's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me. So after that, David marries Saul's daughter. You know, as I said, he goes and delivers more on this wedding gift than he was supposed to. After that, he receives the Lord's favor. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, Saul starts talking about killing him. Jonathan, his boy, the king's son, chooses David and intercedes and says, Father, don't kill him, don't kill him, and gives David time to leave. Uh, His wife, which is the daughter of Saul, helps him escape. So again, the Lord interceding, sending these people to help David because he's doing his will. Um, And then he gives him even the bread of presence. When there was nothing else for them to eat, he sends them to the tabernacle, right? To the to the temple to be able to receive that food that was spot, not supposed to be taken by anyone other than the priest, right? Mm-hmm. So so God is giving him what he needs because he's following his will. You know, David eludes Saul on the rock of the escape, right? He's sitting there and another guy comes and tells David, Saul's out on the other side of this mountain looking for you. So David's are able to move past this basic ridgeline that's keeping them separated and able to elude him again. Even, even towards the end of this, and this is what kills me is, you know, it says that David saves the city of Keilah and, you know, he wants to go and save the city. He finds out the Philistines are coming to smite, you know, that city and to mm-hmm. burn it to the ground and where that's Saul's job to go do that. But Saul's busy trying to kill David and chase right. him all over the countryside. David says, we got to go there. His people say, no, you can't. He says, yes, we have to. And he goes to the Lord twice, and the Lord says, yes, I want you to go do this. He seeks his counsel, ignores the pleas of the people with him, and goes and does what the Lord says, and he saves the city. Then he runs into Saul twice. Could have killed him in the cave, could have killed him in his sleep. But he didn't, and people still wanted him to. said, no, what right do I have to kill the Lord's anointed? It's not mm-hmm. what the Lord wants. So again, he's seeking God's will. And then eventually he he avenges the, the town of Ziklag, right? The, they come and destroy it when he's out fighting other battles. Take his two wives. He asks the Lord again, should I go after them? His people say no. The Lord says yes. He goes and he's able to vindicate that town and to save his two wives. Now, you may be asking at this point, John, you've said a lot about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to paint the picture of both sides. But what does this have to do with us? Well, everything. Each one of us has a little bit of these two men in our hearts and in our lives. And you know, there's a verse from Romans 2, 6 through 8 where Paul says, he will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Well, you can tell which one was which. David was the one in the first part of Romans that, that Paul is kind of alluding to that type of person. He's seeking the Lord's will and he will have that reward and gift. The other who's seeking self-righteousness will have wrath and fury. So each one of us has a little bit of these men in us. And more often than not, Victor, we're more like Saul, right? We, we're giving into what we want. We're mm-hmm. saying we want to follow the Lord's will. We're going to church on Sunday. But if you look at it, take an honest evaluation of our life, most of the time we're following our own will. And we're saying no to God and ignoring the call on our lives to evangelize, to go and to live the life that he's called us to because we want to live how we want to. Uh, you know, there's that, that, that story of the two wolves, you know, and, and the young boy that asks his grandfather when he says there's two wolves in you, a good and evil, he says, well, which one will win? He says, the one you feed. Mm-hmm. In our lives, we have to decide whether we want to feed this heart of Saul that we have in us or this heart of David, right? And, and, and the thing is, every one of us was anointed in our baptism the way that David and Saul were. 
And we have the same choice that they do. We can either live the way that Saul did or live the way that David did. And I don't want people to think that living like David did was easy, right? The entire time he's living God's will, everyone's trying to kill him. <laughs> Saul has people everywhere trying right. to kill him. Suffering still existed for him, yeah, obviously in the stories. And, you know, while he was suffered by by being chased by someone, Saul was suffered by um, trauma, I guess you could say. Or, yeah, or, he was crazy. Or, or yeah, it just his, he wasn't able to focus on what he was supposed to be doing. So Yeah, and that's it, it wasn't easy. And, and that's the thing. David still persevered, right? He still went through it. And even when people in his own group said, we don't need to go there. We don't need to do this. We don't need to fight that war. We don't need to do this. He says, let me go ask the Lord. And so that's what we have to do in our lives. Like, like We're going to have struggles we're going to have to face. And, and service to the Lord was never promised to be easy, but we have to trust in him through the noise of the world and those around us to do what he wants. And so David really shows us how to follow the will of the mm-hmm. Father. You have to discern, right? David didn't just jump into action and say, to battle, right? Saul said, let's go kill David. He didn't say, hey, God, do you want me to kill him? Mm-hmm. Is this your plan or is it mine? What do you want to happen? Saul just became enraged. He became obsessed with his own will and his own motivations and his own um, power, and, and said, the heck with you, God, even though I'm supposed to be your chosen king and, and, and you know ruling and lording of your people, I'm going to do what I want. But David consistently went back and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, he would grab the ethaph or epath or what is it? I can't remember, the, the piece of clothing of the priest. Yeah. I never say that right either. But he would grab that and he would pray with it and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right? He would have the priest bring it to him. And that's what we have to do in our lives. If we really want to follow the Lord's will, then we have to have a prayer life. We have to be able to say, Lord, like, I know there are things that are right and that are wrong. I know that there's things that I want that you may not want. I know that this seems good at this time in my life, but is it really what you want for me? And if we're not doing that, we're always going to wind up in the wrong place and we're going to wind up chasing the wrong thing the way that Saul did. So if you get anything from this podcast today, you know, I want you to think about that last point that we have a choice and there are two sides of our heart battling all the time. The side that is selfish and greedy and, and desires our own um, comfort and, and what's good for us. And then the other side that desires what God wants and that desire is placed in all of us. It's just whether or not we stir that desire up into flame and begin to try to live that in our life. And that takes discernment and that takes prayer and actual denying of ourselves as David did, so you could follow God and his plan for your life. So guys, I hear that music. Look, we have two hearts, right? A piece of our heart is Saul and a piece of our heart is David. Listen to the side of David. Follow the Lord's will in your life and let nothing stop you do that. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, Saul and David were two anointed kings that had very different paths. Saul chose to seek his own will and vainglory while David chose to seek your counsel and your will for his life. Help us to see that we each have the heart of David and the heart of Saul within us. And Father, whenever we find ourselves in battle with our will and yours, remind us that true joy and fulfillment come from seeking and living your will in our lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.